0: It's Beer O'Clock and this is The Beer O'Clock Show. My name is Mark and joining me, someone who would brew his own beer if he wasn't so busy drinking everyone else's, is my beer buddy Steve. Hello Steve. Hi Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing alright mate, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very good, this is our homebrew special for season 6 and joining us are three homebrewers from across the UK. We have Steve Dawson, hello Steve. Hello. David Bishop, hello David. Hello. And Chris Russell, hello Chris. Hello. So, we have three home brewers, and that means we have three beers to get through tonight. We have... Now, Steve, we don't have your style on the bottle. What style of beer is this that you've given it's us? Just a pail. Okay. Nice,
1: easy-drinking session pail. So,
0: we have a 3.7% pail, we have a 52 India Brown Ale, and a 62 IPA made with different types of grass. <laughs> um, which is going to be really interesting. <laughs>
2: as, as long as they're all
0: legal grasses, that's fine. Uh, they're
3: all legal brewing grasses.
0: I'm Very sure. good. Um, <laughs> so what we're going to do is what we always do with homebrew. We're going to go beer by beer and talk to brewer by brewer and find out what your brewing's all about. So let's kick things off nice and easy with the 3.7 pail called Crown & Glory from... At Learn UK, Steve Dawson. Let's get into it, guys.
2: Oh, there's, a, there's an instant waff of fruit coming out of that the minute you crack the top off of it.
1: That'll be uh, Amarillo.
2: Yeah, that's coming through really strong. The paw's lovely and pale as well. Almost, almost a, a very, very
0: pale yellow on the paw there.
1: Lovely carbonation
0: cool. on it too. Oh well, wow, that's really fizzy. Nice. It's a lovely colour as well. Yep. Yeah. Good,
2: good, good aromas on it as as well. Um, I'm looking forward to this actually. And a nice, nice, easy starter. I think this is the lowest ABV homebrew we've ever had on one of these shows yeah, mate i think so <laughs> no, normally people go hard and high on these sorts of things don't they yeah so
0: thanks for this steve
2: <laughs> yeah
0: cheers steve normally it's eight o'clock and we're, we're tucking into a 13 percent something or other
1: but... go, go steady and tail off towards the end That's
0: my, um, on a on a monday Right. <laughs> <laughs> right let's go let's get into this
1: cheers guys cheers Cheers. This is the anticipation where I make sure it hasn't spoiled or anything watching you all.
2: uh... That's just an incredibly refreshing, incredibly easy drinker. You you could just find yourself sitting in the garden in the summer drinking bottle after bottle of that. That's so easy to, to drink.
0: It's got a lovely sweet biscuit to it. Nice, very slight bittering on the end. Very refreshing. Very nice, mate. Thank you. Very good. Very nice stuff. So while we're complimenting yes. you, Steve,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: why don't you tell us how you got started in home brewing?
3: Yeah.
1: Um, coincided with uh, having kids, I think. Your need for alcohol massively increases around that time. <laughs> and uh, a pal of mine uh, did, was doing some home brewing, and I said to him "Oh." I wanted to do a kit. I'd never done it before, And I wanted to do a kit. And I said, oh, can I borrow one of your brew buckets to, to do a kit? And he said, no, no, no way. Um, and um, he was re- really into his all-grain brewing. So um, I went around his house and um, kind of showed me through the ropes. I think we made like a Tim Taylor's landlord clone, something like that. And uh, that was it, really. So I nicked all his stuff and uh, started, brewing, started brewing at home, sort of periodically. So how long ago was that? Uh, Probably getting for about six years ago, five, five, six years ago, something like that. Uh, But I I wasn't doing very much brewing, really. Just, um, you know, every every few months I'd I'd do another one. It's only in this last kind of two years that I've really upped the amount of brewing that I do. Um, Since we started the learn to brew thing, um, that's obviously massively increased the amount of brewing that I do. And what's what's all
2: that about, Steve? Tell us a little bit about Learn to Brew
1: UK. Okay. So, uh, obviously, friend Andrew showed me how to make beer. It's one of those great things, isn't it? You kind of want other people to join in with you. So you find yourself saying to friends or casual acquaintances, people on the bus, I'll show you how to make beer. It's it's really fun. And um, we're doing it for more and more. And then we kind of thought to ourselves, right, well, we could set this up for a kind of day turn up and brew class. So people like me, never done it before, can come along. You know, we can run people through the brewing process. They make the beer. Uh, So we do monthly sessions, essentially, where we get either first-time brewers, people haven't done it for a long time, or people that have only ever done kits, come along and do all-grain brewing with us. So that one that you're drinking now was made on a February session by a guy who'd never made beer before. Um, You know, came along. I think he might have done kits in the past, actually. uh, There were two of them, came along, we, we went through the recipe, we go through how to how to make beer, essentially what it is, all that kind of jazz. Uh, and then we spend five, five, six hours making the beer and then we take it away, just uh, bottle it up and send it out to people. And obviously throughout the day we pepper it with uh, interesting facts and figures and a bit of sampling uh, of either stuff we've made or stuff that people have made on, on previous sessions.
2: So, so you're basically, you're you're basically helping people to homebrew beer. Yes, uh, that's
1: exactly what we want to do. So it's the kind of, you know, do it on a kitchen scale, sort of micro brewing on a kitchen scale if you like. I don't know what that would be. homebrewing, home brewing, I suppose. But um, <laughs> but that's what we're about. You know, we're not teaching people to go off and start breweries, we're teaching people to to go home and make really tasty beer that you'd be proud of you know, you'd be happy to buy in a pub, you'd be happy to buy in a supermarket, um, probably better than a lot of the stuff you can get, you know, for around the same price point in Lidls or whatever. Um, and we've done actually. You know, we've gone in and bought a, a pound's worth of uh, of real ale, and uh, and brought it to session and compare. You know, a, a a pound bottle of of real ale from a supermarket to what you just drunk. You know, I know which I'd rather have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a great concept. Where where are you
2: guys based? How how can people get involved in this if if they want to?
1: Sure, uh, we're based in Leeds, um, and. Uh, we have a website that's in development, almost done, which is learntobrew.co.uk. Uh, all the word, obviously, learn with the word to brew. Uh, uh, the easiest way is Twitter, which is at learntobrewuk. So we do monthly sessions, and um, yeah, you just, just send us a message. We'll, we'll send you an email with some information. You pay us a small deposit and then uh, the rest on the day. And you get a full day's brewing. Um... And twenty twenty beers like that package is exactly the same um, to to take away.
2: And and was it was it you guys that were behind the recent um, homebrew festival as,
1: as as well? Yes, yeah, it was. I mean, we were we were part of that. It wasn't necessarily our entirely our thing. Wolf Chambers uh, and us and uh, Ollie Karner, uh who are a um, kind of homebrew collective up in, in Ilkley were, were big helping out there. Obviously, Chris was involved. Uh, there's a couple of the the um, Leeds Homebrew Collective uh, involved as well. And uh, yeah, and we did that uh, last week. It was a fantastic event. Um, we had 22 beers. We got rid of them all. We had about 150 people come. It was fantastic.
2: Excellent, because I've, I've I've never seen anything like that, um, and I, I was quite interested and obviously quite pleased that you you guys were coming on sort of the week after because I I, I knew I'd want to interrogate you about it, um, <laughs> but it, it seemed like a fantastic idea just getting people together with their homebrew and and sharing it sharing it
1: out. Yeah, it worked really well. I mean, you know, I'm sure Chris can, can talk about it as well. His his beers went down an absolute storm there. Um, it, it it was a really nice atmosphere everybody that was serving beer everybody who'd, who'd made some beer to, to bring along was really really into it and really proud i think of what they had done and um it was so well received um you know there wasn't a bad one there really there wasn't a bad
3: thing there it was great we had over I, uh,
1: <laughs> 22.
3: I had, I had a great day i thought it was absolutely fantastic I, I never imagined that it would be so so popular with uh just just regular Members of the public, Wolf Chambers customers coming in, everyone was so enthusiastic. And the 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 really good thing about it was nobody turned around and said this beer's awful, this beer's cloudy. I was expecting that quite a lot. This beer doesn't seem right. Every everybody was really happy with the beers. They went down so well. I mean there were there were some quality quality beers there, I've got to say. And Amazing. I, I...
2: I'll open this next question up to everyone as, as well, because I'm aware that up until now, it's, it's been kind of me and Steve just feels like it's we've just been having a chat. Um, <laughs> but right now, the, the homebrew scene in the UK, and, and we say this every time we do a homebrew special, but the, the homebrew scene seems to just be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And there's more and more people doing it. What what are your guys' views on that? Have, have you seen more people getting involved? Is is there more sharing of recipes, more chatting about how to brew different beers? What what are your thoughts on where the scene is at the moment?
3: Yeah, I mean, I thinking, for me, I... Sorry, go on, Chris. No, I, I was just going to say, I, 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 I'm relatively new to it myself, so uh, I, I don't know how it's uh, expanded. But even even in the relatively short time that I've been... Homebrew, and there seems to be uh, more and more interest and more and more enthusiasm. So it. I'm, I'm part of the Leeds Homebrew Collective, which is a group that um, meets at uh, Brewdog in Leeds every couple of weeks. And uh, originally there was um, maybe three or four people coming to those uh, fortnightly meetings, and now there's, uh, it's quite a big group. Um, several people were involved in the, uh, the Homebrew Festival at the weekend. You see groups like Olicana setting up, um, homebrew homebrewers just getting together to share ideas and to and to and to brew together, uh, and it really really does seem to be taking off, and and again really pushing um, pushing limits in in the same or sometimes even better ways than some of the big uh, or well smaller craft breweries as well. Yeah, I I agree. I mean
4: I. I think it's a coincidence that we're all from sort of the same area. I mean, I'm, I'm in Bradford, but I've, I've visited Leeds regularly to go to homebrew groups. But, I mean, over the last sort of seven years, I've definitely seen, I mean, it may just be because I've been more involved, but I've seen a growth in the number of homebrew clubs around the country, um, you know, the, the interest that that drives on social media. So I'd, I'd say there's a definite increase. I mean, I, I guess it's going to level out at the same rate, It'll level out with the increase in bars and off-licenses and, all the good stuff that's happening so but yeah I'd definitely say that home brewing is on the up and you know you see it on TV a little bit now uh, the books are there for everyone to see lots of blogs lots of forums and things like that so yeah there seems to be quite a buzz do
2: you, do you think the increase in in, in popularity of, of of beers and craft beers in particular has as has helped to to drive the enthusiasm around home brewing as well I, yeah, I,
4: yeah, definitely. People are interested in what they're drinking. Um, they want to know, you know, what, why they're getting, you know, crazy flavors and aromas, and that drives them to maybe pick up a book or you know Google something, and then they'll get an interested and say, "Oh, I could do that at home." And I think that's exactly anybody I know that's homebrewing now is it's through that kind of inlet now.
1: I think definitely from from my perspective, you can really see that that people. Um, Come on the sessions and the reason we make a kind of light hoppy pale beer is because i think probably for a lot of time people were drinking lager and then maybe got introduced to these light refreshing ales and kind of realized that homebrew isn't sort of farty old men in, in darkened, dark and dark or beer isn't you know in, in dark uh, tap rooms that actually it's a really interesting a range range of fantastic drinks that are better than anything we've had for such a long time and um and people are really in- into that, and they, so they come in. and I, I like it a bit to sort of wine or coffee drinking. You know, you, you come in and you have you sort of entry level beers, but then your palate develops, and you you, you know you go wherever wherever your your palate goes. So most people that start off on a light light beer don't stay there, do they? You know, they they go to stronger beers or they go to darker beers um, and sort of develop the taste
4: I think, yeah, I agree. I think the, the other thing I was going to say is that it's interesting that there's sort of three groups that have been mentioned there, sort of um, the Learn to Brew guys, the Olicana guys, and the Leeds Homebrew Collective. And um, it's only a few years ago, maybe five years ago, that there was a there was a Leeds Homebrew group that started up and it's fizzled, fizzled out, really, because I think you know you obviously need someone to, to lead that, and everyone leads busy lives. So, But it's really nice to see that other... Groups have formed, you know, nothing to do with the original group that was in Leeds. And I hope, you know, those groups sort of kick on and there's more groups starting up. Because I think that's what you need. You need probably not massive numbers. You need for it to be flexible enough for people to attend regularly and not to be too, you know, not too many rules and too onerous. Just kind of, you know, friendly and turn up, bring a few beers and hopefully find a venue that will entertain that because I think that's the most important thing.
3: So I was going to say, the the guys at BrewDog uh, in Leeds... Um, are, are really really good uh, with us. You know they reserve us a table. Uh, they, uh, they don't mind us obviously bringing our own <laughs> bringing our own beers and then drinking our own beers in their bar, which I, I think is quite a special thing because there's a lot mm-hmm. of places that really wouldn't <laughs> really wouldn't be very happy about that. They're You're very right. very supportive.
4: I think it's important to say as well that if anybody is thinking about setting up a homework group and rocking up at a bar, I think it's important to ask permission to do that first. I think you know, some some bars will be <laughs> some bars will be quite open and say, No, that's we don't want to do that, we're very busy and others will say, Yeah, we'll, we'll set some time aside for you You know, they'll they'll actually supply glasses, they'll supply a, a quiet area maybe so you can, you know, chat. But then, you know, it's interesting in my experience that people who are not involved in the homebrew group will see what you're doing and come and join you. So you don't want to be too Obviously secluded and away from the pub or wherever you sit in, but yeah, you probably ask permission. Most places that we've used have been really happy to have us there, because obviously you drink new homebrew, home brew, but then you stick around and drink a few beers there. Um, it, you know, it, it creates a buzz around their bar as well. So yeah, all positive.
2: I think from what I've seen, most of the um most of the brew dog bars support some sort of homebrew club or or another. Um, they do seem to be very, very supportive of the concept. Yeah, it looks that way. I, th- I think it's it's great to hear that. And 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 you know the fact that we're now on to our this is our fourth homebrew special, just just shows that we're still able to source people that want to come on and showcase their beers on 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 a podcast. And for for us, I think once once again, Mark, it shows that where where the beer clock show leads, others follow. Um, <laughs> you know the homebrew scene's growing because of us and because we're we're still wanting to showcase these great beers.
0: Well, you know, a few years ago, no one was homebrewing, so you know. Well, it's have,
2: no coincidence, you, is it? It's no coincidence. you are definitely
4: fed into that. <laughs> I mean, people, people will listen to this and people would listen to this show because of, they want to listen to you know around the beers that you're um, presenting them and the people that you're talking to that aren't the homebrewers, they're doing that, but also then they're tuning in and listening to this and thinking, oh, yeah, well, I'll give homebrewing a go.
0: And, you know, one it's day like, I might I be able to be on the Beer O'Clock show. <laughs> <laughs> that's always that was my goal
1: from the start <laughs> glad <laughs> to hear it <laughs> so about you can you can, you can stuff. quit yeah no, steve well, um well, the equipment we... and the, the ingredients because as as well we that it needs to be easy for, for people to do so a kit beer for example it is very easy you can go to wilkinson's or or the you know main main street and buy a kit beer for 8.99 which won't be very good but um you know anyone can do that and i think uh, the step then to kind of find out well where do you get grain from, where do you get the equipment to make from? That that's not always the easiest link. So I think there needs to be a big improvement in in homebrew uh, shopping, whether it be actual shops or people like Malt Miller on on online etc. Uh, are fantastic for that aren't they? because they make it really easy and, and look and also look attractive. Um, if you you know some homebrew shops aren't always that appealing, there are other ones that are. But if you compare it to say America, where you know you've got these hypermarkets with Really shiny, very very attractive-looking mm. at equipment that's not actually very expensive comparatively. Um, you know, if we can get into that kind of direction with, with with the sort of shopping stuff that's available to us, I think home brewing could explode. Really. I think I think you're right. I think it's, you, you want the
4: confidence that the ingredients that you're getting is um, decent. You know, you don't want it to have been hanging around forever. You know, crushed crushed malt. It doesn't want to be sat, sat crushed for a long time. You want that confidence, and pops don't want to be old and, you know, years old, um, even if they've been kept cold, but that, I think that's really important, and I think, you know, malt mill is one example, there are others around that do it really well, um, and, and, you know, they'll, they'll crush and bag the stuff for you that you've asked, they'll, they'll date it, and so you know when you're going to brew, when you brew, what you're using, and I think that's that, that drives the sort of quality that people, you know, when people are drinking homebrew now, and they're saying, oh, it's brilliant, it's just like a beer from the pub, well, it is, I and mean, it's just... It's just a smaller batch of, you know, hopefully good quality beer. So supplies we've, we've important. Found,
2: we've found this every time we've done a homebrew special that we've, we've, we've consistently said that every beer that that we've tried is is a beer that we would happily pay money for, um, mm. because it's of that sort of quality that mm. and and I. I still have, i'm still a person that believes that beer's made by magic that you know all the ingredients go in one end and out the other end <laughs> comes this fantastic liquid um you know and Me the too. fact that you guys are producing this in your kitchen your garage your cellar god knows where you're producing this stuff but you're churning out stuff that is as good as you can buy across the bar hats off to all of you for for the time that you invest in this
1: you Again? must be very Viking, because the Vikings believed beer was made by magic. They had a magic <laughs> stick that they used to stir the beer with, and that's what gave it life.
2: <laughs> and, uh... I, th- I think I think since last week, since, since I found out how to pronounce "yarl" properly, I do now believe I'm some sort of Viking beer god.
3: <laughs> Speaking
0: of beer magic, what did everyone think of The Clown in Glory? Very
3: good. It's it's yeah, gone. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> as as we've
0: <laughs> just been sat in here chatting.
2: It's evaporated. It's just so Moorish <laughs> and so easy to drink. Um, a, a really really decent low ABV enjoyable beer, just full of flavour as as well. Yeah, it was really was, nice. Yeah.
0: So being mindful of time, shall we move on to the next beer? Yes, let and... From David Bishop, an India Brown Ale at five point two percent.
2: Probably in one of the most attractive bottles we've ever seen a, a homebrew packaged <laughs> in as well. It's a classic.
4: It's an oval bottle, right? So
2: <laughs> Yeah, for for the benefit of those that can't see what we're drinking right now. I didn't, I didn't um the they, David bottle. has packaged his India brown ale in all bottles and it does it does lend a certain something to it, I think.
3: Can I ask where you got so many Orval bottles from? <laughs> oh,
2: it just appeared. Um,
3: yeah, I had to drink a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that pours really well.
1: That is incredible.
2: That is, it's, it's almost on the black side, and it's just got this great big foamy head on it as, as well. Um, it just looks so inviting.
1: Makes me wish my vocabulary was better. Really uh, nice. <laughs>
0: just,
2: just right. say whatever comes to mind, mate. It's, it's
3: fine. It's got a lovely <laughs> sweet aroma a, on it. You get some delightful, delightful, little ruby notes coming through the glass when I hold it up to a light. There, it looks fantastic.
4: I did sort of joke on social media, really. I guess that it's, um, I was calling it sort of black India brown ale because who cares the style anymore? But it's, um, it's supposed to be a brown beer. And I guess it was the first attempt with the with the malts that I used, so it is it's brown, it's black, whatever it is, but it's yeah still quite roasty, lots of malt character.
1: Got good bitterness on it though, I really like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mm. I really
4: dialled. It. It's quite high bitterness. Um, sort of, I was shooting at about 85 IBU, and obviously that doesn't make a lot of sense on its own, but it, considering it turned out to be a 5.2% beer um through various reasons you know i didn't collect the sugars that i hoped to so i was a little worried to start with i think you know but what it turned out okay considering the the uh, ratio between sort of the bitterness and the, the gravity units it, sh- it shouldn't work it should be undrinkable. but yes i've got no idea really what well. you guys are
0: saying <laughs> sorry what, i've got, what got no what idea you what you guys in? are saying i used gravity units oh no sorry sorry
3: <laughs> yeah brewer sorry. talk what moles did you use dave Used um,
4: uh, it's, it's predominantly a pale sort of malt beer, so it's 85% pale, um, 6% wheat, 5% dark crystal and 5% chocolate malt. So it's not got anything crazy in there, it's just, mm. I think a lot of the character is from, from the bitterness actually, I think, it's I've, I've looked out on that one, because like I said, it should probably be a little bit undrinkable, <laughs> but I think over time in the bottle it's, it's definitely round, rounded, so...
1: So IBUs, yeah. for anybody who really didn't know, is International Bitterness Unit. Is that, is that, is that something
4: Yeah, you like yeah, it? that's I think, yeah. yeah, I think the reason I, I was just saying that because people talk about IBUs a lot. And actually that's on its own doesn't really mean anything. It's just really, it really depends how much sugar is in there with it. So how balanced that is, I think that's the, you know, I was taught that a few years ago by uh, just a, a blogger who did a very good blog on it. And I wasn't aware of that before. I was just kind of looking at IBUs as a as a benchmark as to how what well, my beer would turn out like, and that's just not how it is. So you can have a very high IBU um, um, number, but but that just depends on what the beer is. So so for this one, I, I, it was way above what an imperial IPA should be in terms of the the ratio between the bitterness and the gravity. But actually, it's turned out fine for the ABV. I don't know. I don't know how.
0: And what's gravity, apart from the thing keeping us stuck to our chairs, <laughs> <laughs> in beer terms?
4: Yeah. So Is that how much sugar in
1: it? <laughs> yeah. Sorry? Is how much sugar's in it? Well, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah. Okay.
1: A... It... So you make alcohol uh, from sugar. So... <laughs> yes, from <laughs> so so sugar. Into alcohol and CO two, and uh, and that's how you test how you know. see so you, you get a certain amount of sugar in the solution. You add the gravity. You add the um the yeast, and the gravity will decrease. <laughs> okay, looking's got
3: his white coat on. <laughs> <laughs> it's my finest shirt. No, no wonder you'll learn to brew, Steve.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, if you're here for science, we can't help you. Go to, like, John Palmer's website or something
0: like that. We can <laughs> I think I might leave that kind of line of questioning there, otherwise I'll show you that after two and a half years of doing this show, I've learned fuck all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mate, why do you think I keep going with the excuse that I believe beer is made by magic? <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Because even after all this time and people explaining it to me a number of times, I still don't really get the process. Um, but I, that's because I don't think I've got a scientific bone in my body. Stuff goes in, beer comes out. No, the
1: carbonation.
3: Yes, exactly. you know, <laughs> that's
4: all you <laughs> need beer to in the know. bottle, though. <laughs> yeah. You basically got sugar that yeast likes to eat, and it does that until there's no sugar left. And then you've got alcohol instead, and then it also excrete co2 so you've got fizz yeah, that's that's, <laughs>
3: that's that's how i explain it okay. it's really not pleasant but yeah
4: it's sugar and yeast but
3: isn't it
0: gravity <laughs> gravity does <laughs> gravity come into it <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh i see
4: it's just a measurement of, of the density of the Let's not get too. But the solution is is not oh dense. I see. It's, it's it measurement of the density. I get yeah. You. So you, yeah, we use the hydrometer to
2: measure that level. <laughs> Should we move on. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Ma- uh, so- Mark, I think I think we've managed to make it 99 episodes, <laughs> and we've finally been found out. that We know <laughs> the fuck all about beer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you get if you get they,
4: homebrewers together to chat about beer, they're going to throw a few words around, and I think a lot of the time I can hold my hand up and say I don't fully understand. Um, There's <laughs> a reason why really we only do these shows so. once a season
0: because get yeah, like you say, get get a room of homebrewers together, and it's amateur science hour. it's just completely over my head. But anyway,
3: when you have so, uh, when you have higher higher gravity, uh, sorry, you've had <laughs> several beers that have been made with higher gravities. Then gravity has a different effect on you. You are more inclined to fall over. <laughs> I've found that uh, before. So, as so you say, with the
4: beer, with the beer as well, back to the what was in it? You <laughs> asked me what was in it. has <laughs> got, in terms of hops, it's got a few different. It's got, you know, it's got Ella, Bravo, and Pacific Gem. So not probably typical what you'd get. Guess you'd have in a in an IPA or a, an IPA that's a different colour. But, um, but yeah, the they were hops I had so.
0: You have put together a really, really tasty brown, I have to say. It is. It's got a real subtle sweetness to it, overly bitter. As you were saying, I would, I would pay money for this. Excellent.
3: It's <laughs> really like... nicely, it's really nicely balanced and not overly, overly malty like a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of dark beers are. I was going to say a lot of, a lot of people's efforts at making darker, <laughs> darker, hoppier beers can sometimes be a bit, uh, Uh, on the multi side and uh, Mm. I don't think I don't think this is I think it's really well balanced I
1: really like the bitterness because my big complaint with with a lot of certainly a lot of shop bought beers actually a lot of kind of supermarket shelf beers and um and then a lot of darker beers they've just got that kind of sweet finish that I really don't like but I think that this is just a really good amount of bitterness for me so I'm I'm glad it worked out well Mm. for you I think the other, thing, the other thing to
4: say is just quickly, the, the bitterness all came at the end of the... So normally you would put hops in at the beginning of the process to derive bitterness. And at this this beer has got very little in at the beginning, and it's all in at 10 minutes. So it's quite interesting that probably the beer was rescued by the, hop, the hops going in late. And I, th- I think if they'd, been gone, they'd gone in early and had this problem with the, the balance of the beer, I'd have ended up with a very, very, very bitter beer. And I think hops do different things throughout the boil. So I think that's where i probably escaped, um, you know, that, that it was all late in the boil, sort of 10 minutes from the end. So,
3: you must have put a lot in.
4: Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot in the end. But it, um, I, yeah, it was just an experiment, really, because there's other sort of better brewers than me sort of telling me that that was the, the good way to go. You know, you don't need to put a hell of a mm. lot in at the beginning and um, try and ramp it up at the end and get and get the best of both worlds yeah. out of it, get, get the bitterness and also get all the aroma you're going to get from that, but... Mm.
0: so david go, um going back to our, our stock homebrew homebrewer okay. questions when did you get your start in homebrewing? what made you start
4: I just um oh. it was i think it's someone's given a story before I'm sure, but it's back like sort of, sort of seven years ago just given a kit as a present at christmas you know like the kit the kits and the cans and just um probably ten of those um found that there was a community around that with homebrew forums and stuff like that. Um, and just did did that, did that for a few couple of years really, and then got the guts up to uh, to go all grain and and similar to uh, Steve, got invited to just watch somebody brew, um, brewed a Timothy Taylor landlord you know clone, and then you know, it seems like everybody sort of starts in a very similar place really, and then yeah, and, and then I've just kind of brewed not not amazing amount of beers, only forty sort of all grain beers at home, um over the last sort of five years I guess, um but yeah. It's it's good fun, and I blog a bit, and I you know Twitter's fun, and it's, it, it just seems to work well together. You know, good social hobby.
2: Uh, and, and t- you, you also have time to do your doodle as well, don't you?
4: <laughs> yeah, my downtime. Yeah, you can't brew all. <laughs> you, <laughs> you can't you can't brew all the time. It's um it, it's a it's a quite a long process. It takes time, and you've got to pick your moments because if you've got you know kids and People that you want to keep um, on your side, you don't want to uh, brew too often. But you yeah, a bit of doodling on the side as well. Keeps me happy.
2: Yeah, for for folks that don't know, you are you are the genius behind fatty beer doodles, aren't you? <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's me. I wish i picked a different name now, but yeah, that's me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think the name's perfect,
4: actually. But... <laughs> yeah, well, well, I nice I
1: thought that was uh,
2: <laughs> really apt. I was Nick.
4: Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's good. I think, I think, I mean, the only reason I do that is just, uh, you know, sort of idle hands and all that. But, you know, in all seriousness, you know, people are passionate about beer and brewing. And I don't mean to take anything away from that, but it's just, um, sometimes it gets a bit too serious. And I think it's just kind of try to lighten it a little bit sometimes. There's plenty of material. So
2: I particularly like the one that you did recently, um, that, that depicted Matt Curtis, um, you know, <laughs> Half a Curtis and then the total Curtis. I particularly particularly like that one. And um, obviously, yeah. we're we're still very grateful for the one that you did for us, which we're still sporting on our um, Twitter <laughs> account page as well. Oh, good.
4: Um, please do that. Yeah, it's good fun. I, I think I wouldn't do Brune and I wouldn't doodle if it wasn't fun. I think that's the main thing. It's, yeah. I mean, obviously, Bruin's better because you get beer. Goodlins also good.
2: <laughs> and, and and the beer, mate, is is incredible. I um again seem to have I'm either really thirsty or there's a hole in my glass again, or it's very, very hot in this room <laughs> because your 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 India Brown owl has gone. Um oh, okay. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed the bitterness that, that went from beginning to end in it. Um like the other guys have said, very, very well balanced throughout, not too sweet. Um malt's very very much in the background. Um, you get a hint of some of the hops in there, but the balance on it is just fantastic. And that's just a really, really drinkable brown ale. Thanks very much.
4: I think the only thing I would think, I always criticise their own beer, but I think it just needed more dry hops. I think it would have been better if it's supposed to be an IPA, it should have a really present hop aroma. And I don't think it does. But other than that, I'm pretty pleased. and glad you liked it. Thanks.
2: But I think the hop aroma, there was a hint there of it, there was yeah. a little bit of hint of pine on it. Um, you know, but it's it's not all in the aroma, is it? I mean, for me, the, the flavour of that was, was was bang on. So, um, well done on that one, mate. It's Cheers.
4: I think the other thing important is, I mean, I think you're saying the right things by saying, you know, the beers you get on are, are all good. I think it's important to say that this wasn't the beer I was going to send in. And that's because the beer that I brewed for this went wrong. And I think that's important to get across to people that, you know, people that come on the show don't always get it right and um yeah it messed up and i would have loved to have sent you the beer that i brewed but it just wasn't up to it maybe interesting it, to have criticized or, you know critiqued it but, but
2: yeah. it's fine we, we used to after after the last homebrew special that we did carl marshall sent us two beers that were awful um
3: but... <laughs> <laughs> slightly backpedaling on what you said earlier
0: about every homebrew beer yeah. being great yeah, well, yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm
2: i'm just digging at him he sent us two beers that i don't think he had any idea what was in the bottle to, to be honest <laughs> with you, well, um, technically he did
0: he did brew one just using up all the spare bits that he had lying around. He did admit to that. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that was the question mark beer, I think.
2: But um, David, I think I think, I think we've fair said fair that, fair, I, I think I have said to you that if if you do want to have another go at that one that you was going to brew for us because I quite like the sound of it. It was a it was a Belgian strong beer. Was it? It, it well strong?
4: Is this a Belgian strong? something similar to Devel, that kind of thing, and I've done yeah. it before and it worked okay, and I thought, oh, you know, I got a bit cocky and did it again, and it didn't really, it's worked, and I think I'll, what I'll do is I'll send you it, because what the problem with it was that it didn't carbonate, and I think, without going too far into it, that's a, you know, it's a temperature control thing for, for, for fermentation, so the, the yeast was knackered, and it didn't, didn't have anything left to, to gas the bottle up, so...
0: The gravity wasn't it, there.
4: <laughs> the B U G U ratio wasn't no. It was nothing to do with that. It was it was a yeast. It was a tired yeast. Poor I yeast after it. So that, I should be yeah exactly. I should be shocked yeah. Well, let's
0: yeah, hope this next beer's yeast is a little bit more lively than that one. We've got what's it say here? Six point two percent IPA. Caught by the Fuzz. Possibly the most professionally labelled homebrew we've ever had on the show. It's got an actual label on it with a police car.
3: Stuck on with, with Pritt stick. <laughs> homebrew. That's, that's actually true. That is actually true. <laughs> really? It's, it's, it's,
1: it's you're not it? I was part to Chris's bottling line uh, labelling uh, dispense machine last night and uh, I can confirm it was indeed a Pritt stick we we're going to
2: get onto chris's bottles and labels because there's one particular bottle that i really like the sound of that he was plastering all over twitter a couple of weeks ago
0: mine just exploded out of the bottle so oh no
2: it's alright it's alright i've got a nice on it. mine has gone into the glass beautifully it it looks like it's almost like the exact sort of beer that i enjoy to drink it, this one is um it smells, it smells really good yeah, yeah. It's got a lovely dark colour to it. A nice big fluffy white head.
1: It's got a bit lighty on the on the nose. Mm. I don't know if I'm making
3: that up, but <laughs> is that a is that a, an homage to Graham Nelson? <laughs> a,
2: there, there is a there. There is some tropical fruits on there. I'm I'm getting mango more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree with that.
3: I agree with that.
4: It's got loads going on. It's, uh, it's a very light beer for the, as in light body. You know, it's quite.
0: Yeah, there's lime, there's mango, there's all, all sorts going on.
3: Chris, what's your yeast with that? Oh, oh Sorry, I was just enjoying it. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I used uh, a fresh vial of uh, White Lab San Diego Super, Super Yeast. It's the WLP 090 for any yeast geeks out there. Uh
2: it was good stuff though. Oh, that is That's a, a tasty. really
3: tasty beer. It's a super, super clean yeast, then thank you very much. There
2: Wish there is a lot going in on in that,
1: flavor wise. So um Andy, my um my brewing buddy at Learn to Brew was supposed to be uh here tonight, but he couldn't make it for one reason or another. So Chris kindly gave me two bottles of uh Caught by the Fuzz. The second one I don't think is going to make it over to on the What a shame.
2: Oops, <laughs> oh, <she laughs> fell. Yeah. I, I tripped. I dropped it on the way
1: over. I
3: tried to scoop it all up. That's very mean, Steve. Very mean.
1: But, well, I actually was, was really relieved because I really wouldn't want to share the uh, India Brown Ale either. So uh, that, that was. Uh... <laughs> but Chris, what... what's.
4: What else have you put in other than obviously the malts? What what did what you put in there? It's got some really interesting things going on. Um,
3: well, in the start of the boil, a ball for an hour. At the start of the boil, I, I put in some nugget hops uh, for for the main bittering. And then the late hops, there was, uh, I put in additions at 10 minutes uh, and then at flame out of Sriracha, Ace and Nelson. And... Um, i would never, I've never brewed, I've never brewed a beer with wheat before, um, and i would never brewed a beer with Nelson or Sirachi, and I was itching to use all three, so I just thought I'd put them all in one beer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, this, this, this is what happened. Um, that,
2: that's that's a very brave move because they're very distinctive hop flavors as well. Um, mm. Nelson and Sirachi, uh, a, a very the the the, the Sirachi in particular is very much a, a Marmite hop, isn't it? You either love or hate that one. Um, but I, I think it is, everything yeah, it's
3: supposed to it's supposed to be quite uh, quite kind of fruity, but in a in a mild sort of way. But I really like the the idea that it kind of brings out a, a kind of coconutty richness. Um, and I don't I don't necessarily get coconutty. From this beer, but I, I think it gives a, a kind of smoother uh, fruity flavour. Um, which I was thinking about how that might work with the with the Nelson, with its kind of um, kind of grapey uh, really, citrusy flavour. Yeah, it balances it
2: really, it really it well, really balances works. very very well um mm. it and, and that that for me is that that's something there that's that's interesting in in how people's tastes differ because i've i've always found any beer that i've had that's got sriracha in it i always get a slight bit of mint from from it and yeah. and that kind of plays around but you're saying that you you get coconut from it and that's i think that's just the great thing isn't it is that we've all got these different flavors that we pick up um mm from From all these different ingredients that go in, and like 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 you just said there, it seems as though you've thrown the kitchen sink at this one as, as well, and <laughs> that it's it, it's either don't don't be offended by this, either you're a very very accomplished brewer or you're very lucky that they've all worked together
3: um, it's definitely, it, it's definitely the latter
2: because they do work together and and this is a this is a really, really tasty. Oh ipa that every mouthful you take of it has got different flavors going
3: on thank you uh very kind words um yeah i've I've had a lot of good feedback about that i've I've, I've had a lot of good feedback about uh, about this beer uh in particular uh,
1: Um, i think you must be a savant chris because the last few i've had last year have been absolutely fantastic in fact i'm struggling to think of a you obviously just keep your nightmares to yourself and don't share them with anybody else. That, that can be the only way.
3: <laughs> I have a garage which is absolutely chock full of bottles I can't get rid of. <laughs> <Same> here, <mate. laughs> um,
4: nothing to uh, criticise there. I think <laughs> it's
1: just. Uh, Steve, were you, really you going to ask him about? um about
2: Badwanker. Was I was the... going to ask you about Badwanker, <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> How did you
3: guess? Badge- Badwanker was the beer that I, uh, I took to the festival, actually, to the Homebrew Fest uh, last week. I took 46 bottles and they disappeared pretty quick. But um, I, I, it, I uh, in my view, it wasn't the best beer I'd had, I've I ever made. It wasn't as good as this one to my liking. But... I get why other people liked it. And I also think there was um, a little bit of marketing involved with the name. Yeah, and, a, and, a nice,
2: and a nice and I think label. all the badge wankers wanted to collect the bottle, didn't they? That that was the thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they had that beautiful Perhaps. white uh, white cap as well. It looked good. Thanks. It's nice to present the bottle with a white cap. He knew what he was doing. He was working it. You could tell. Yeah
2: yeah
3: You can see he
2: puts a lot of time into his labels because I, I know when, um, when we first approached all three of you um, about coming on to, to this show, um, I, I think you, you you tweeted a picture of, of of this beer and and I said, "Yes, rebrew that." And I didn't even look at what style of beer it was. I, I was just taken by the label and the police car and the the, the <laughs> name and everything that, that that's on it. Um, you, how, you much, know. how much?
3: How much does that happen every time you walk into a beer shop and you There's look at all time. the bottles and on the, on the shelves? Absolutely, all the time. All the time. Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: Uh... It's like buying records when you were a kid. You would buy the one with a cool album cover. <laughs> but now, now it's beer. Beer. Uh...
2: It's just replaced record buying in yeah. in, in in my mind. <laughs> you, you now buy beer instead of records.
3: I have a, I have a little focus group for uh, naming uh, beers. <laughs> um, a, a couple of my friends, Dan and Raheem, uh, often I um, kind of would bounce ideas around for names, and we might come up with five or six decent names for a beer. And if I can remember one of them the next day, that's usually the one that my beer gets called. <laughs> this was uh, obviously inspired by uh, by the fact that it's got wheat and rye in it, and I was uh, I don't know somehow supergrass came into my head. And uh what's the best supergrass song where well, it's caught by the fuss, clearly. So
0: <laughs> Genius.
3: That's where the name came from.
0: So Chris, how did you get your start in home brewing, buddy?
3: Well, um I have to go back to Steve uh and Andy, who's the other guy involved with uh, Learn to Brew about three and a half years ago. Um Steve was trying to get me to come along to Andy's garage for a brew day and I think he'd asked me two or three times and the third time I kind of reluctantly agreed to go along. Um, I'd always been kind of interested in what the process was um, but I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the day. I really enjoyed going through the whole from scratch making a beer from uh, in an all-grain process um, and they were they asked me to pick out a, a recipe for the day and uh, uh slightly embarrassed to say that I chose uh, Jennings Cocker Hoop um, but we, we brewed it and it was good it was better than Jennings Cocker Hoop in my opinion people really <laughs> liked it and uh, it, kind of, it kind of went from there but I, I went dormant for a little while uh, I didn't actually start brewing properly until the beginning of last year um, uh Steve was putting his um, learn to brew stuff together and he wanted some guinea pigs for a dummy run, um, <laughs> preferably people that had uh, had possibly done some brewing before so that he could give him some feedback on his day. So that kind of kick-started things again for me, really. So um, went along to that and uh, things snowballed from from there. Uh and I, I managed to do about I think about 15, 14 or fifteen brews last year after after doing that. So um it inspired me to to really kick on.
1: And you've started the uh, North Leeds what what are they called? The North Leeds uh, t- the the non commercial brewers circle.
3: The North Leeds North Leeds nano brewers. That's So uh, we're a we're a, we're a very small group on the uh, uh, that exists purely in the ether we're on facebook uh, i think we have four members and one of the guys from nowhere near north leeds i think <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah that that would be a nice something to grow because um it's it's not always possible for people to get to meetings but uh if you could uh you can get people together online and just exchange what you're doing what did you brew this weekend oh here's some pictures of the stuff i brew i did this and here's my recipe and what have you just again it's just that exchange of ideas uh, which i find really helpful yeah the feeling Uh,
0: i get from the whole homebrew scene is that it's it's just as much about the community around it than it is about actually doing the brewing you think that's right?
3: absolutely absolutely yes yeah. uh definitely i I feel that way about the whole um the whole brewing community though in a way I was just talking to Steve before the before the show earlier, and uh last night i was uh on twitter I'd been enjoying a beer from uh from a a, a, a Liverpool brewery. The brewer was online I'd seen it tweeted something so i i I dropped him a tweet about his beer. We ended up having a chat about how we brewed it. And I think the the whole beer community, whether you're a home brewer or whether you're a professional brewer, I, I don't think really there's any kind of snobbery or boundaries within that, which I think is a, a fantastic thing.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, everyone's really
0: approachable and it's really good.
1: And I think as well, you can really see that with uh, recipes. So previously, I mean, um, there's a recipe book by Tim Wheeler where he's reverse engineered every beer that he likes. But like now, you just tweet the brewer and they'll give you the recipe. They're not, you know, they're not precious about it in the least. You know, Sierra Nevada, put all theirs. really easily available. Faikston's won't tell you anything. But, (laughs) you know, it's kind of just how it is. But but which of
2: the two beers would you rather drink? Uh, (laughs) hmm.
1: I think people want to to (laughs) spur each other other on. And definitely, you know, around here, you see that loads. I mean, in Leeds, I, I dread to think how many brewers there are now. Last, this time last year there were 16, I, you know, I, I don't know how many there are now, 20 maybe? We're not that big a city, and I think it exists because people are supporting each other, pushing each other on to kind of make the, that idea. Interesting point about the, the
4: recipes. I think it's good to share recipes, and I think it's good that there are books and resources where you can get clone recipes. But, the, you know, in, you're right, there are big brewers like Stone and now Mikula who and others that have released recipes. And that's great, but what, it'd be a real shame if people started knocking those beers out because it kind of loses sort of something around brewing where, you know, by all means take that as an inspiration and, and by all means brew it as a clone at home. But when you come to sort of commercial brewing, you'd hope that some of the smaller breweries or even some of the bigger brewers, I guess, you know, you hope that they kind of don't get tempted to try and put out a stone IPA, or a, you know, yeah, um, You, <laughs> yeah. you want to do your, you should do your own thing, and yeah, okay. Commercially, that might not make sense to do your own thing. You should probably do something that's been proven to make a lot of money. But um, yeah, I mean, recipes. I think it's good to share recipes, and and, and interestingly, Port Sixty Six, which is a, a new, um, sort of a newish homebrew resource, and uh, run by uh, James Kemp, who's ex, a few top breweries. You know, he's he's a, a well of knowledge, and people who are into homebrewing should look up. Port 66 and um, to just see but what he's doing is he's releasing all his recipes and he's not precious part of them and i think that says a lot about the community actually um you know because there is people are worried that people rip off their ideas but actually it's much more than the recipe anyway um there's, there's more that you know there's much more that sells the beer and the quality and how it's made and you can take a great you can take a great recipe and mock it up anyway so i guess to what I just said, but you know,
2: yeah. The oh, oh my god! You've, it, just, but... you've just spurred one of those. It, it's like one of those Back to the Future moments where there's an alternative timeline in the future where Green King have got hold of Michaela's book and started cloning all of their beers. I, I <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love to do that, honestly.
3: That
2: would... and, and now I'm trying to find a way to get back to my own timeline <laughs> because the one that yeah. I found that would, myself yeah. in is just hideous.
1: But that would be absolutely. That, that, come... that you can Walk into any pub and get a, just a really decent beer, whereas you know. It's not that hard, but still, you can't walk into any pool and get a decent beer. <laughs> but you every McKellar beer brewed
0: with Fuggles,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At, at, you can at, have any 3.5 percent, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. yeah. <laughs> if you're lucky, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? So let, let's start wrapping this up because it's getting a bit late. Um, any final comments on Chris's caught by the oh, <laughs> Chris's fuzz?
2: yeah i mean again it's gone thoroughly enjoyed every sip of it um so much going on in in the flavors um there's there's some tropical fruits in there there's there's, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of citrus a little bit of pine For so for me like i say the sriracha brings through a little bit of um, the mint as well and it's just like it's all good um i'm i'm loving every beer that, that we've drunk tonight
0: yeah same It's all been class beers and thanks, guys, for bringing them on.
1: Yes, thank Thank you ever so much. Thank you.
0: Our pleasure. Uh, Steve, do we have a prize this prize this week, mate? Oh, oh,
2: there's always a prize this prize, mate. Yes, uh, a really easy one this week. Um, Ian G at Fantastic Film is back on form after quite a run of of not winning the prize this prize. Um, He came back big time this week um with an amazing picture of eight wired superconductor um that's now on our instagram feed and it's in the show notes to this but also check out um all of ian's pictures this week because they've been fantastic um and make sure to submit your own picture on instagram using the hashtag cheers guys
0: cool and our homebrewers can be found on twitter Steve can be found at Learn To Brew UK. David can be found at Broadford Brewer, and Chris can be found at Ross Boutique. Did I get all those correct, gentlemen? That's spot on. <laughs> Great.
2: <Yeah. laughs> we'll we'll link through to them all in the show notes as well, so um, you'll be able to find the guys online. Yep.
0: Okay. Well, thanks again, guys, for coming on. It's very much appreciated. Cheers
3: thank you thank you can I, thank can I do
1: you. a quick plug
3: for the Ooh, uh of course not sure yeah.
1: about that <laughs> we
3: go here we go <laughs> uh,
1: we're doing another one in the summer so it went really well we're doing another one on the 22nd of uh, august and um be like fantastic anybody want to come up uh, if you tweet me i can give you links to cheap hotels locally we're going to do um do as much as we can to make get as many people there as possible. It's a really good vibe, and anybody who wants to come along will be really welcome. So, twenty second of August, Homebrew Fest two. <laughs> cool.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> let us have the details um, when you've got a bit more, like where and times and that, and we'll make sure to include it in one of our um, traditional news segments that, that we do on on normal shows. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
0: Okay, Steve. Not what's happening what's happening next week mate
2: mate it's a big one next week (laughs) i can't believe i can't believe how understated that introduction was (laughs) next week is show 100 Mm. um it's a big milestone for for us um for, for two guys that started off not really knowing a lot about beer um we're still going and remarkably maybe even more remarkably so people are still listening to us as well um so so next week dependent on when and how you listen to this show you may have already missed it um because we're doing we're going to do next week as a live broadcast um so it's going out on sunday evening at half past eight on the youtubes um we will be recording it and also releasing it in our normal friday slot um so show 100 featuring a very very special beer um, that was a collaboration between McKellar and Siren And that's the Daydream White Stout Which I think comes in at a whopping 12% mm. Yeah, you don't sound thrilled about that, mate
0: <laughs> That's good for a school night, as always
2: Yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> And it's a Sunday that we're recording yeah. on this
2: time as well so.
0: Oh, well, Sundays are for drinking Yeah <laughs> Okay, the Beer O'Clock Show is proud to be supported by Ales by Mail, your premier destination for bottled real ales delivered directly to your door. Visit alesbymail.co.uk and use the code B-O-C-S 10 for a 10% discount on their entire bottled range. Until next week, Steve? It's been the highlight of my week. And mine. And gentlemen, thanks again, Steve, David and Chris. Great having you on. We really appreciate your time. Until next week, bye.